Well, if you want to go ahead and grab your copy of God's Word and find your way to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 is a place where I believe God has laid out an assignment for us to receive from His Word today. And I'm thankful and excited to have been given the opportunity to speak to you this morning. Thank you, Pastor Doug, for entrusting me with the pulpit. Our prayers are with you. And I'm hoping this morning that you're already feeling better than what you have been. How many of you truly believe that God's Word is living and active? How many of you truly believe God's Word is living and active? And I believe it. And if what we're reading is living and active, then I believe the way that we teach it should be living and active. But I also believe the way we receive His Word should be living and active as well in our application of it. So watch this. As we gather together, it should work like this. We should take God's living and active word, teach it in a living and active way, then practice what we received in a living and active manner. It's an exciting occasion for us to come together this morning and sit around God's living and active Word. It's not some boring old dusty book that has no bearings for our lives in the modern day. This holds applications for every part of our life, even up to this very point in which we live today. And so I'm excited to dive into the Word with you this morning. If you're ready for the Word of God, turn to someone next to you and tell them, I'm ready this morning. I'm ready for the Word. Those of you joining us online, if you're ready for the Word to be spoken over and into your lives this morning, put it in the chat. I'm here and I'm ready. I'm ready to receive the Word of God today. Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 1, God's Word says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Now skip down to verse 12 with me. Therefore lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees, and make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. I want to take the next few moments that we have together and discuss the subject of increasing your endurance. Increasing your endurance. All throughout Scripture, in relation to our life of faith, we are exhorted and admonished to endure or to persevere in our faith. And it's important that we understand the context of that calling. Following and living for Jesus isn't a life that we just endure. It's not something that we endure in the sense as living or following Jesus is burdensome or miserable. Jesus says, I came that you may have life and have it abundant. So we don't mean endure in the sense that living for Jesus is something that I just, ah, living for Jesus, really, it's the most difficult thing you could ever do. Yes, it has its difficulties, but we're not talking about enduring in the sense that living for Christ is burdensome or miserable. It's abundant. It's full of joy, it's full of peace, it's full of excitement. But we're endorsed, we're, we're exhorted all throughout Scripture to, to live for Him in an enduring way. And most times we see the call to endure framed within the context of running a race. A race that isn't always easy. A race that does have difficulties. A race that does have challenges that we face. But when we surrendered our lives to Jesus, we at that moment were entered into a faith race. 
And running that race well entails enduring to the finish line. The reason why I believe God sent me here with this specific message is because I feel like within our church we've got some weary runners. We've got some people that are tired. We're doing our best to run the race that Christ has set out before us, but if we were honest, our endurance has taken a hit here recently and we're worn out and we're run down. The vast majority of us, especially over the past year, are worn down. And your endurance has completely bottomed out. Your prayer life is minimal. Reading God's word is something that's convenient to you instead of necessary for you. Missions and servings, it sounds like a good idea for somebody else. Passion for witnessing, passion for sharing your testimony and what God has done in your life has gone completely dormant and it's because we're tired. It's because you're worn out. It's because you're run down. But listen, that's okay. That's okay. We're going to do some endurance training this morning to get you back on the up and up a little bit. And let me show you a few things that can help increase your endurance. If you want to increase your endurance, number one, you got to lose some weight. Tell the person next to you in a nice, non-offensive way that you need to lose some weight. I wonder how many husbands I'm going to get in trouble this morning. Tell them in a nice, non-offensive you got to lose some weight this morning. You thought you were coming here from church, but it's a Weight Watchers meeting. Now, before you get offended, just stay with me. Because I'm not talking about your physical weight this morning, obviously. We're just having a little fun with the point. But there's some weight that we need to lose in our lives. When I was in ninth grade, I got roped into running cross country. I was a basketball player, and our basketball coach was also the cross country coach. And he gave me this big spiel about how if I ran cross country, that would help my endurance on the court and all this good stuff. And he made such a great sales pitch, and so I bet on it. I decided, well, okay, I'll run cross country. I hated every minute of it. Worst thing I have ever done in my life. And I remember when we were getting ready for our first meet, we went in the locker room, and he pulled out the uniforms. <laughs> well, I saw the uniform, and I was like, <laughs> can this get any worse? It was paper thin. The shorts... My goodness, I know for some of our younger, like you students, I know we got some students listening on, the short situation with some of you guys now, I know the shorty shorts are like coming back into style. Please, some things just need to be allowed to die. Nobody wants to see y'all's nasty thighs walking around outside. Well, when we got the cross-country uniforms out, that's what I saw, and I was like, there is no way. There is no way I'm wearing that. You know, I could not understand why you would make something that paper thin or that light, but then I began to understand that it was because the less weight that you wear, the greater your endurance can last. Do you know the average body weight of a marathon or endurance runner ranges from 105 to 120 pounds? So the writer says in verse 1 of Hebrews, Therefore, let us lay aside every weight. Obviously, he isn't talking about your physical weight. And I'm not here to discuss where you're at on the BMI chart. But I do believe a lot of us have weights we're carrying, and it's killing your endurance. Galatians chapter 5, verse 7, as Paul was writing to the Galatians, he says, You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying 
the truth. What happened to you? In other words, you were running well. You gave your life to Christ and you bust out of the gates in a sprint and you ran well for so long and now I turn back around and all of a sudden you're not running anymore. What happened? What happened? What hindered you? What stopped you from running the race so well that God called you into? And the same thing I think can be asked for each and every one of us. What happened? What happened? Some of us were running well. Who stepped in? Who hindered you or what hindered you? And I think it's because we picked up some weight. And so I want us to look at some weights that might be hurting your endurance this morning. And I got a few that I want to go through. And I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on them. So just listen in and try to keep up. The first one is bitterness. A lot of us have a weight of bitterness in our life. And if there's one thing I've learned, it's that bitterness bogs. Bitterness will bog you down. Some of us have lost endurance because our energy is so devoted to the bitterness that we're harboring against other people. Some of which might be sitting in the same room with you this morning. And the more we harbor that bitterness in our life, the more it bogs us down and hurts our endurance in the race that we're called to run. And the thing about bitterness is it can be so easily concealed. Proverbs 14.10 says, The heart knows its own bitterness. And oftentimes that's as far as it goes. Only you sitting here this morning in your heart, only those of you listening online this morning, know the bitterness that you might be harboring in your heart. And whether you realize it or not, it is killing your endurance in the race that God has set you out to run. You cannot run with endurance carrying the weight of bitterness. So the writer says, let us lay aside or let us cast off every weight. Some of us here today need to cast off the weight of bitterness. The second weight I think we find evident in our lives so often is comparison. The weight of comparison. Some of us have lost endurance because you won't stop comparing the route of your race to everybody else's. Now I'm not talking about the speed in which you're running or the speed in which the person next to you is running. Nothing about this has anything to do with speed. We're talking about endurance. But where we get in trouble with comparison is that we're not looking at how fast everybody else is running around us, but we're looking at the route that God has placed them on and wondering why we can't be on the same course. God didn't design it that way. Your focus has turned into what's seemingly present in others' lives compared to what's seemingly absent in yours. And because of that, you've become discouraged. And it's diminished your desire to run. Listen, comparison is a killer of contentment. For creatures who were made to be content, comparison is a heavy weight to carry. And so some of us, I feel, need to cast off the weight of comparison this morning. Third weight is the weight of inadequacy. Many of us hurt our endurance because of our feelings of inadequacy. We know we're called to run, but we constantly feel incapable to run the race that God has set out before us. You have what I would call an I can't mentality. I can't. Do what God has called me to do. I can't serve in that way. I can't give on that level. I can't speak and I can't teach. I don't have that giftedness. I can't serve. I can't do. I can't be. All these things has developed an I can't mentality from your inadequacy. Listen to me. An I can't mentality is devastating to building and sustaining endurance. It kills it. And so some of you this morning need to cast off the weight of inadequacy that has set itself up in your life and is hurting your endurance to run your race well. The fourth weight is the weight of disappointment. Some of us have had our endurance decrease because of the weight of disappointment. And I don't mean disappointment in the sense that you feel like a disappointment. 
I mean it in the sense of being disappointed. Someone somewhere along the way has let you down. Somebody that you looked up to, and I don't know who this is for this morning, and when I was getting this message ready, this wasn't even really the way I had intended on addressing disappointment, but it's the way in which I felt like the Spirit led me. So somebody I feel like needs to hear that, that somebody that you looked up to let you down at some point and it hurts you in a bad way, and that disappointment that you have carried because of that person's failure or disappointment in your life has hurt you in your race. People fail all the time. This past year, specifically within the church, we have seen more church leaders fail morally than maybe at any other time in history. People will fail you. But the enemy can take that disappointment, and if he can, he will use it to hurt you and your endurance to continue running the race. You see the failure of that person and the role model they were in your life and the way in which they impacted you spiritually, and because of that, it's caused you to no longer desire running. Some of us need to cast off the weight of disappointment today. Some of us need to cast off the weight of relationships. When I was running cross country, man, it was huge for me to have a partner to run with. Somebody that would push me, somebody that would encourage me, somebody that would help me keep going when I didn't want to go any farther. And so we were encouraged to find a partner to run with, to stick beside during the race so that when one of us got tired, man, if we had to, we'd grab each other by the jersey and keep dragging us along. And some of you have relationships in your life that aren't helping you run. They're hurting your race more than helping your race. And it could be a dating relationship. It could be just a friendship, but you are entertaining and keeping relationships in your life that are killing your endurance. They're not helping you run towards Christ. They're pulling you from Christ. And so some of us might possibly need to cast off the weight of some relationships in your life that aren't helping you run. Then one last weight is the weight of your past. The weight of your past is hindering how you run in your presence because of the things that you have done, the places that you have been, the things that you have said, the people that you have been with. The enemy is using that in your life to hinder how you run in your present walk with Jesus. Listen to me. Jesus' blood has covered the mistakes of your past, present, and future. It's like Brother David said this morning as we got ready to worship through that last song, because of the blood of Jesus, we can now enter into the most holy of places with confidence and boldness. The blood of Jesus has washed over the sins of your past. So don't let your past become a weight that Jesus already bore on the cross so that you could run in freedom today. Some of you need to cast off once and for all the weight of your past. And if you're weighed down and you're wrapped up, encumbered with weight and entangled by sin, then I'm praying that we lose some weight and break some chains this morning in the name of Jesus. You want to increase your endurance? Lose some weight. But then find motivation as well. If you want to increase your endurance, you've got to find some motivation. I want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Verses 24 and 25 for this specific part. Paul is writing to the Corinthians and he says this, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run? But only one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain it. 
Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath. But we an imperishable. As Paul speaks to these believers, he uses once again the analogy of a race and his challenge to them, run in such a way as to win the prize. When I was running cross country, I wanted to win every race that we went to. If I didn't, then what was the point of being there? I got drug into it against my will. But now that I was there, I was determined if I'm going to get up at 5 a.m. in the morning when it was freezing cold to get on a yellow bus and drive an hour and a half away to Jesse Owens Park to run a race in a nasty little uniform that I didn't want to be in, then I was at least going to make the most of my time and run that race as best as I could to try and earn a trophy, to try and win a prize, but also to represent my school, to do my teammates proud that we had worked so hard throughout the week, to do my coach proud, to, to represent my school in a, in a good way. That was my motivation. I didn't want to get up and go. What, what ninth grader wants to get up at 5 a.m. in the morning? To go and run a race an hour and a half away. I know some of, some of y'all might be cross-country runners in here. If you do, that's awesome. I'm glad you enjoy it. But I hated it. So I had to find motivation, in other words, to, to keep going, to keep moving forward, to get up every single morning and, and do that work, to go and run that race. I had to be motivated. And that was my motivation. Number one, I wanted to win a trophy. But I also wanted to represent my school in the best way possible that I could. If you want to increase your endurance, then find motivation again. And this is it. In case you're wondering, well, what's our motivation? Here it is. Jesus has in store the victor's crown for those who endure. Paul says all these athletes, they, they train and they go through these rigorous exercises to train their bodies so they could run and receive a perishable wreath. He said, but we do it to receive an imperishable one. And the wreath that he's talking about is the victor's crown. Jesus gave us motivation to run the race. He says, if you run your race well, I have a prize for you. It's the victor's crown. But you've got to endure. You've got to push to the end. And that's why motivation is so big for increasing your endurance. Motivation will push you farther than you've ever been. Motivation will keep you running past the point of exhaustion. Motivation will drive you to press on when everything else screams stop. Back in Hebrews, the writer tells us that Jesus endured the cross. How could he endure? How could he endure such shame? How could Jesus endure such pain? How could he endure such abandonment, such mocking, such beating, such humiliation? Because he was motivated. He was motivated by his great love for us. He was motivated by his desire to carry out the will of his Father. As with any race, the point is to gain the prize. If it's not, then why run in a race? Just run casually. Run recreationally. But Paul says we don't run aimlessly. We run motivated by, with, and for a purpose. Men and women, run for the glory of God. Run with a passion again. Run with a fierceness. Run with a tenacity that breaks through barriers and leaps over obstacles to carry his name to those who are lost and without hope, motivated by your desire for him and to one day receive the victor's crown in store for faithful servants who endured to the end and to represent well the name that you bear. Find your motivation again, church. Some of us used to run with such passion. Some of us used to run with such tenacity. But that's dissipated over the past few years in your life. Run for the glory of God. 
Run to represent his name as best as you possibly can. Run because there are lost souls all around us that are dying and perishing for an eternity in hell without Jesus. It is imperative that we run with endurance and not give up. If you want to increase your endurance, then find your motivation again. But then one more key to running with endurance. If you want to run with endurance, then you need to establish a fixed point. You need to establish a fixed point. Back in Hebrews chapter 12, we're going to make a point to this fixed point in just a moment. When I was running cross country, let's go back to my cross country days one more time. Our coach taught us to pick out a fixed point and focus on running to that thing. And when you pass it, pick out another point and run to it. So it could be a tree that was further down the course. It could be a bush. It could be a sign. It could even be another runner. So while we were running, I could pick out the guy that was in front of me and run and run and run until I caught that person. And if I caught and passed him, I'd pick out the next runner and run and run and run until I caught and passed that person. But the whole purpose was to pick a fixed point and focus on that and run until you get to that point. Why? What was the purpose? Well, the purpose was to focus our mind and our sight on that object so you wouldn't focus exactly on how tired you were. But it was also so you wouldn't become distracted by external things that could hurt your form as a runner. It doesn't do me very good while I'm running my race to be looking off to the side and not focus on the direction in which I'm supposed to be going. So to pick an object in front of me, to have that fixed point and run to that, kept my form good like it should have been. And it kept me focused on the direction that I should be going in. If you want to increase your endurance, then you need a fixed point. Well, thanks be to God for giving us his word. Because even in the most minute details, he tells us, I'll give you a fixed point. In Hebrews chapter 2, he says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus. So we're to run this race with endurance, and as we run, we look at and we fix our eyes on Jesus Christ. He is our fixed point of reference that we lock in on. Listen, you may not believe me, but your eyes will affect your endurance. The moment we take our gaze off of Jesus, our potential for running our race well is jeopardized. Don't believe me? Let me see if I can somewhat prove it to you. You know one of the main reasons why the circumstances of this past year have so negatively impacted the church? It's because we've taken our eyes off of Jesus. Your eyes affect your endurance. The moment we take our eyes off of our fixed point who is to be Jesus and put them on the situations or the circumstances of the world around us, our endurance begins to be diminished. So many professing believers here lately seem to be bowing out of the race. So to the bride of Christ here at Underwood Baptist, don't bow out. Don't bow out of the race. As a matter of fact, tell somebody sitting next to you, don't bow out. Don't bow out of the race. I know you're tired. I know we're weary. I know we're beaten down. But fix your eyes on Jesus and keep running. 
Go back to Hebrews chapter 12 and look at verses 12 and 13. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Drooping hands are lifted. Weak knees are strengthened. When we look to Jesus, Isaiah 40, chapter 40, verse 31 says, Those who hope in the Lord will run and not grow weary. Look to Jesus. Establish your fixed point upon Him and don't bow out of the race. If you want to increase your endurance, do it by fixing your eyes on Jesus. And don't let your gaze be drawn off to anything or to anybody else. Don't bow out of the race. Don't give up. Increase your endurance today. I know we've got heavy hearts I know we've got hurting people inside our church. I know we look around at the things that we have been through this past year and wonder if it's worth it to continue on. But it is. For His glory, it is. For the sake of lost souls, it is. For the sake of your friends and your family members and your neighbors that don't know Jesus, it is. We have to endure. And I don't know about y'all, but when my race is done, and I want to be one of those servants that stands before God one day and hears, well done. Man, Trey, race well run. When Paul got to the end of his life as he was writing to Timothy, giving him some final encouragements, that's exactly the sentiments that he has. I have finished my course. I have run my race. And there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, the victor's crown. Because I've run my race well. I want each and every one of us here at Underwood to be able to say those same things when our time is drawing near, to look back upon and reflect on our lives and say, my time is drawing near, but I have finished my course. I have run my race. And I know my God is happy and pleased with the way in which I've ran it. This is Doug Ferris, and I'm blessed to be the pastor here at Underwood Baptist Church. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. It's our prayer that you'll do more than listen to the sermon or gather religious information. We want you to encounter God, and we pray that He will impact your life. If you'd like to contact us for any reason, please go to our website at underwoodbaptist.org. All our contact information is there, and we look forward to hearing from you. I hope you are blessed by today's message.